Welcome to the Saturday Sports Page with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Bringing you the high school football scores from across the state of Kansas. Also, the coaches' corner. So you will get a double dose of both the high school football blitz as well as the coaches' corner right here on the Saturday Sports Page with your host and favorite conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. All right here on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Enjoy the ride. Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! So glad to have you on board the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. It's on a somewhat wet, cloudy, afternoon in the air capital city. But I hope you're on the ride. Yes, that's right. It is the Saturday High School Sports page, bringing you scores from across the state of Kansas as they happened last night. And I get excited around this time because I get to give you all the scores. I know there is a show here in town that does theirs on Friday night, but some of y'all might not get to get the Friday night edition. So guess what? I'm here with you on a Saturday afternoon, bringing you scores from 6A all the way down to, that's right, you guessed it, six-man football. Didn't come to you last week, but we are playing catch-up. We're going to get you started with week two as things unfolded and look at the scores as they took place. Some of your teams won. Some of you, your teams lost. They all, as they say, there has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. So let's start with 6A as we look at the 6A scoreboard, and you will see some 5A schools uh, sprinkled in here as they do these cross-classification games, as I would call it. Uh, Lawrence knocks off Lake the West by the score of 28-21. to 21. Game right here in the area capital city. Bishop Carroll had no problem with Wichita South beating them 50-14. to 14. Northwest rebounds after losing to Bishop Carroll last week by the final score of 52. Beating Heights by the score of 52-6. And Manhattan pretty much went to... Welcomed in Topeka, but they were not gracious house guests as they smothered them 59 to 7. 
in a game of two directional schools, both from Blue Valley. West played host to North and had no problems beating them 38-7. Aquinas knocks off Blue Valley Northwest. St. James Academy goes to Blue Valley, who has no direction, but they come away with the victory. Blue Valley wins that game 42-28. And that perennial powerhouse, Gardner Edgerton, manhandles Shawnee Mission South by the score of 56-6. Olathe South has no... Olathe South goes to, went to Shawnee Mission North, and they limped out with a 28-21 victory, as Olathe North had no problem, well, maybe a little bit of resistance, knocking off Shiny Mission Northwest by the score of 49 to 35. Shiny Mission East went to Olathe East and limped out with a 33 to 14 loss as Olathe Northwest went to Lawrence Free State and beat them by two scores by the score of 28 to 14. Dodge City went to Junction City and they leave out with a 42 to 21 loss. May South went to campus and eked out a three-point victory by the score of 17-14. to Garden City had no problems with Wichita North, manhandling them 77-6, and there was no score on the Kansas City Wyandotte KC Ruskin game. Hopefully we'll get some info on that. Moving to 5A. There was a game between Wichita West and Wichita Southeast, and Wichita West comes out as the victor, winning that game 30-12. Hence, knocking Wichita Southeast to one and one on the year. In a game that uh, had a few head scratchers, in a game that was probably not what the score would indicate, as it was said that there was a lot of poor tackling in this game, but it was that one mistake that was made that opened up the door for this upset as Wichita East knocks off Capen by the score of 30 to 20. Leavenworth had no problem with the Pico West. Steamrolling them 61 to 14 as Shiny Heights played host to Lansing and beat them 46 to 23. Topeka Seaman went to Kansas City Turner and they were an unruly house guest, beating them 70 to 0. As if that wasn't enough, Kansas City Washington blinked KC Harmon 80 to 0. Washburn Rural beats DeSoto by the score of 28-21. And Mill Valley had no problem steamrolling the Vikings of Shiny Mission West, 65-7. Liberal blanks Emporia, 53-0. Hayes knocks off Great Bend, 33-7. Hutchison gets past Newton, 32-27. Goddard Eisenhower cruises past Alina Central. 47-33. Those were your 5A scores. Now we look at your 4A scores as Parsons knocks off Rebet, 39-28. Butler, Missouri manhandles Fort Scott, 30-8. Tonga Noxie squeaks out a three-point victory over Spring Hill, 27-24. Eudora had no problem with Bonner Springs rolling past them, 55-7. Lewisburg knocks off Payola, 35-14. Ottawa 
manhandles Baldwin 68-20. to In a more closely contested game, Baser Linwood squeaks past Kansas City Piper by the skin on their chinny-chin-chin by the score of 17-16. to And Chanute, playing host to Pittsburgh, wins that game 28-13. to Atchison knocks off Kansas City Sumner, 47-20. Highland Park knocks off Kansas City Schlegel by the score of 48-29. Bishop Meage blinks Blue Valley Southwest by the score of 42-0. I'm beginning to wonder how many directions do they have in Blue Valley, Kansas. Coffeeville gets past Winfield by the score of 32-27. Collegiate had no problems with El Dorado going down to El Dorado, coming out with a 40-14 victory. Andale goes to Rose Hill, and we're playing the role of a very ungracious house guest as they spanked around Rose Hill by the score of 60-7. to McPherson played host to Augusta, and they basically said thanks for coming, hanging a 42-7 victory on their record. Circle squeaks past Bueller by three by the final score of 38-35. And rounding out 4A, Mays, 42, and over Central, 14. So what I'm going to do right here, I am going to pause and take a break. And when I come back, we're going to look at 4A, 3A, 1A. So stay tuned. It is the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo!
welcome, welcome back to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast, the Saturday High School Football I'm enjoying myself. I am just really enjoying myself. And I hope you are enjoying the ride as well, too, as we get you caught up on all the scores that took place around the state of Kansas. Not for sure if I will have a guest today, but hey, you at least know all the scores that took place in games in your area. Brought to you exclusively right here on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and your conductor, your favorite conductor on the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. So now without further ado, let's just get back right on into the scoreboard show. Hey, can we do that? Of course we can. So we now shift into 3A and bring you these 3A scores. Mago knocks off Marysville. And some of these places I am very familiar with because as a courier driver, I have gone to some of these places. So I've been to Marysville. They got a nice big tower there. You see it from coming into town from 36 East and other points in between. It's a sight to see. You got a nice high school there. But I've spoken to some of the locals, and they are very frustrated with their football program. Anyway, when Mago, which is not too far from Marysville, goes into Marysville as an ungracious guest and beats them 34-7. Clay Center blanks Chapman 24-0. Uniontown went to take on the lines of Baxter Springs and limped out with a 51-27 loss. Perry LeCompton, hosting Riverside, beats them 35-12. Holcomb knocks off Sabetha, 35-14. Wellsville annihilates Iola, 48-7. Anderson County Garnett, no problem with Osawatomie, beating them 39-13. Gerard handled Pitt Colgan, 38-12. Prairie View. Knocks off Santa Fe Trail, 32-26. And Quapa, Oklahoma. An Oklahoma school comes into Galena. Falls away with a seven-point victory by the score of 29-22. Hiawatha cruises past Jefferson West, 26-7. As Holyoke, Colorado. Host Colby, another place I've been to. Beating them 46-20. Colorado school outlast the Kansas school. And in another Kansas-Colorado matchup, this time it's Scott City, 28, Ray, Colorado. That's W-R-A-Y, like the roofing company here. Beating them, Scott City beats Ray, Colorado, by the score of 28-0. Burlington, Colorado, not to be confused with Burlington here in Kansas. Burlington, Colorado beats Goodland. Mind you, that's another place I've been, 17 miles from the Kansas-Colorado border, so we don't know how far Burlington had to get here. But they came in to Goodland and left out with a 33-16 victory. Abilene had no problem with Concordia cruising past him, 27-8. Hugleton knocks off Ulysses, 31-14. Hillsboro, 21. Nickerson, 0. Pratt, 28. Heston, 14. And Columbus played host to Afton, Oklahoma, and they were a very ungracious host, annihilating them 
47 to 7. Now we go over to 2A, and here's one of those little towns I've been to or been through. Frontenac has no problem with Riverton beating them 29 0. Humboldt also blinks Caney Valley 24 0. Horton knocks off McLeod 22 14. Thomas Moore Prep blinks Ellis 35 0. Russell cruises past Plainville 27 7. Norton Community squeaks out a 10 point victory over another town I've been to, those Indians in Smith City, beating them by the score of 30 to 20. Two places I've actually been through. One I've been through, the other I've been to. Eureka blanks Neodache, 12-0. Oakley cruises past Phillipsburg by the score of 35-20. Council Grove blanks Mission Valley, 23-0. Pleasant Ridge knocks off Oskaloosa by a score of 60-20. Jackson Heights get by Mower Hill, 50-21. Nemaha Central cruises past Royal Valley, 71-15. Southeast of Saline has no problem with Beloit, knocking them off 43-6. Osage beats Burlington, who, which Burlington was a victor in their game last week. So Burlington gets dropped 1-1 one one by Osage City by the score of 44-20. Topeka Hayden cruises past Super Lake, 43-10. Rossville has no problem with Riley County beating them 36-15. Cheney cruises past Garden Plain by a score of 37-7. Holcomb puts the afterburners on Cimarron beating them 54-6. Kingman has no problem with Conway Springs blanking them 36-0. Chaparral cruises past Wichita Trinity 54-41. Barnard blanks Lions by the score of 54-0. Smoky Valley, no problem with Haven, 42-13. And rounding out 2A, Poisonton blanks Halstead, 28-0. Now we move over to 1A. And Pleasanton knocks off Arma Northeast. I believe that would be in Arma, Kansas. Beats them by, Pleasanton beats Arma by the final score of 44-6. Lakin knocks off Syracuse, 38-8. Cherryville knocks off Erie, 42-26. Cherokee Southeast gets blanked by Jayhawk Land, 42-0. Hutch Trinity cruises past Remington, 48-16. Fredonia cruises past Blue Stem, blanking them by the score of 54-0. Marion played host to Sterling, and they beat them 32-14. As West Franklin went into Central Heights, knocking them off by the score of 24-16. Inman had no problem with Cedric beating them 42-6. Troy goes to Valley Falls, and things just got ugly as they knocked them off on their home turf, 63-0. Atchison County Effingham gets past Jefferson County North 14 to 6. And Bishop Ward squeaks out a three-point victory over OP by the score of 16 to 13. So for the record, OP did not get beat by Aunt B or Andy Griffith. They got beat by Bishop Ward. 
Ellsworth blanks Republic County 32-0. Minneapolis blanks Sacred Heart by the score of 37-0. Rock Creek hands St. Mary's a 41-20 loss. As Wabonsi knocks off Northern Heights 74-6. Medicine Lodge squeaks past Bell Plain 23-20. Douglas blanks at Ellenwood 14-0. Southeastern Heights beat Stanton County 50-0. Centralia has no problem cruising past Christ Prep 40-0. And Valley Heights knocks off Onaga. I know some of y'all probably never heard of Onaga. It is 28 miles, 28, 30 miles from Manhattan, Kansas, stuck basically in the middle of nowhere, where you may see more raccoons than people, literally. That is if you don't kill them. Anyway, Valley Heights knocks off Onaga, 46 to 7. So now what I'm going to do right here, I am going to take another break. And when I come back, we're going to look at eight-man and six-man scores. That's right, eight-man and six-man. And like I say, I don't know if I have a guest on today. I may be able to pull that off, but if not, trust me, we will have one next week. But right now, stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We'll be right back. So don't you dare go nowhere. Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We're doing things new school and old school all wrapped up in one. The phone line of my equipment isn't working for some reason, but as they say, there's always more than one way to skin a cat's tail. So I have the pleasure on last minute. This man, I don't know if he's in his right mind, but he lets me get him at the last minute. To bring him on the A Train Sports Talk podcast. My good friend, all the way out there in Oswego, Kansas, head coach, none other than Matthew Fowler. My good friend, Matt Fowler. Coach, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Anthony. Thanks for having me on again, man. Man, so I noticed last week you guys got off to a 1 0 start, and I was skimming through all the eight-man scores, but I did not see y'all's score. Maybe it didn't get put in, catch it, Kansas. I don't know what the deal is. Okay. Who did you guys play last night? Uh, we played St. Paul, which, uh, you know, was a rematch of of last year. They beat us. Uh, last year, they beat us 68-66. They scored with two seconds left to beat us. So it was a classic game in 2021. Uh, we rematched last night. 
and uh, it was uh, it was a heck of a ball game again. We lived up to it again. We we have a good rivalry with them. They're a very good team, very well coached. Uh, we the score was sixteen to six at halftime. We were down. Uh, matter of fact, we only ran fourteen offensive plays in the first half. They had the ball pretty much the whole half, and we're just kind of playing keep away. But sixteen to six at half. Uh, then the second half just kind of got wild. I mean, two teams just playing their hearts out, playing their guts out. They scored with about a minute left to tie it at 44. And then we came down and hit about a 50-yard run to score 43 seconds to go and made the two-point conversion. So we took a 52-44 to 44 lead with 43 seconds left in the game. And then uh, they tried to run a hook and ladder, and uh, they fumbled the pitch on the, on the ladder on the lateral part of it, we jumped on it, sealed the win. So 52 to 44 last night, we came out on top. And that's what you would call sweet revenge, huh? <laughs> well, really, you know, our first two games, because, you know, Marmoton Valley was week one, and that was the game when I first talked to you last year, Anthony. Uh, they beat us 106 to 98 in the highest scoring high school football game in Kansas history. Last year, they beat us, and they scored with four seconds left. So our first two games this year, we're against teams that both beat us in the final five seconds, and we were able to come out on top of both of those this year. So it definitely definitely felt good after the heartbreaks of last year to have them bounce our way this year. So let me ask, with that being said, and, you know, you're getting these bounce-back games, these revenge games to open up the season. Even if no one else outside of your school see it, what is the biggest difference you see in your team thus far in the first two games as opposed to last year? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, we're healthier. You know, last year, uh, we, we just came into some games with kind of banged up and, and shuffled shuffled up lineups. So so having be, being healthy is one thing. The second thing is we've made a tremendous improvement on the defensive side of the ball, uh, especially tackling and uh, defending the pass in the air. Those were two things. Obviously, you know, we gave up 106 points in a game. And then, like I said last year, 68-66. But you know, Marmoton Valley, honestly, I think they're an improved team from last year. Last year, they scored 106 on us. This year, we held them to 34, and two of their touchdowns were on kick returns. So, really, the defense uh, surrendered 22, you know, when we played them. So, much better there. Uh, and then, like I said, last night, uh, we gave up 44 points to, to an explosive team. But in eight-man football, you know, that's, that's really not a bad number, you know. You, you'd like for it to be somewhere in the thirties, but you know, as long as you get, get a few more than the other team, that's okay. But I'm just saying last night. So here's, here's a, here's a way to look at it. We are making teams run a lot more plays to score on us. You know, we're not giving uh -huh. up as many big plays last night. I told you about the first half, you know, that we only ran 14 plays. We only ran 29 plays total on the night and St. Paul ran 76. So you know, we were on defense pretty much the whole time, and it was because, we, you know, we got them into multiple third downs and even some fourth downs and uh, just couldn't get them off the field. You know, they'd make that one more play. But uh, we're playing better defensively because we're making people earn it. Uh, they're still scoring a lot of times, but we're making them earn it instead of just giving it up in, you know, a couple of big plays. So the way you just described that, it would be the essence of you could have an ace pitcher on the mound, but you take a the your stud pitcher on the mound against a very patient batter and you can make him expend at least 
15 to 20 pitches on that one player. So in essence, y'all made them work and earn everything. In the, and in essence, wearing them out pretty much on the offensive end, right? That's that's exactly right. That's that's what we tried to do. Absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, because you know how it is, eight man football. I mean, most of the guys are playing both ways, you know. And so last night, you know, the the quarterback for the opposing team is a great, great young man, great football player. Uh, he also is their safety on defense, you know. So he's been scrambling around trying to throw the ball, and we're chasing him around, and he's exhausted from that. And then he's got to turn around and play safety, and you know, a run breaks loose, and he's got to make the tackle. And that's just a tough task to keep asking a guy to do over the course of a night. You know, eventually you wear out. Absolutely. So your next game, who's your who's next on the schedule for you, and what can you expect from that game? Well, we play the Colony Crest Lancers at their place Friday night, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a, a tough ball game. Uh, they're very, very good this year. We scrimmaged them in the Jamboree earlier. Uh, earlier this fall, and uh, it was a pretty good, you know, back and forth in that jamboree. Uh, but you know, they they just had a great game. They they ended up they played Thursday night because you know some of the uh, official shortages, some of the the high school games have been moved to Thursday night some this year, mm-hmm. and uh, so they played Thursday night and they played against uh, Chase County, which is Cottonwood Falls. Cottonwood and Falls. Chase, yeah. Chase County's got a great football team this year. As a matter of fact. K Preps has them ranked number two in the state in eight man division one and Colony Crest, the team that we play this coming Friday, uh, had a great ball game with them really back and forth, a a shootout with them. They ended up losing by two scores. It was 70 to 54 was the final. Uh, And so they competed to the wire with, you know, with the the number two ranked team in the state by, you know, more than one poll. So, uh, you know, there, it's going to be a tremendous challenge and, uh, a lot of the strengths that we have as a team, they kind of have a lot of the same strengths. So uh, it's going to take a, a tremendous effort from us, and it should be a great ball game. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just running through these scores, and there I finally see the St. Paul Oswego score where you guys won 52-44. to 44. Then I'm also looking at Marmont Valley, and they hung a 60-14 victory over Yates Center. And, I, and, you know, as I look at some of these places here, I'm like, you know what? I could say I actually been to some of these places based on the job that I do. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just amazed because like one week I was in uh, Burlington and there was a game going on and they were winning their game because they're not too mm-hmm. far from one of those long-term care facilities where I was at. So I'm like mm-hmm. I'm running through these scores and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, I could say I've been this place. I've been this place, but I want to go on a Friday. One of these nights I'm going because I'm in the process of changing jobs, kind of getting off topic, but if that can free up my Friday nights, I'm going to make it my duty to come down to a game day to Oswego and check out eight-man football. And yeah, I, that'd be awesome, man. And I just might awesome. even bring my equipment and do a podcast on location. Game day. Oh, that would be sweet. Game that'd day in sweet. Oswego <laughs> and get to interview you and some of the players. Now, what I want to do is I had a chance to meet you. And mm-hmm. we had a nice long conversation. And there was one point of interest. She was telling me about a rival game that had some dude an old dirty bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about that on the podcast? Sure. Well, you know, it's one of those things that it's, uh, well, it, basically that we don't play them anymore now. So that's kind of, uh, it, it's a neat story, though. So it's us and Chautauqua. Chautauqua is eight miles apart from us. 
and uh, you know, so obviously close proximity, it's it's going to be a rivalry. And uh, the story goes something like this: uh, I believe it was 1953 or 54, somewhere in there. Uh, the two teams played each other in football, and I think they were 11, both were 11 men at the time. Uh, and uh, one team left an item on the field after the game. It was the visiting team, and nobody remembers if it was Oswego or Chautauqua. Just that one team left the uh, the bucket. And so what the bucket was was it was a little wooden bucket, and they put towels in it, and uh, they – they would use those towels to wipe off sweat and even to wipe off blood because, you know, they weren't, I guess they, they weren't that worried about the hygiene with the blood, you know, rubbing off on somebody else at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so anyways, they called that, they called that the bloody bucket because it was a bloody bucket of towels, but <laughs> bucket of bloody towels. Well, anyways, uh, the one school contacted the other and asked them if they could have their bucket back. They left on the sideline and the other opposing school said, that uh, they could have it back if they won it back on the field of battle the next year in the football game. So from, I believe it's 1954 until 1988 or 89, somewhere in there, uh, the winner of each game was carved into the bucket. And then around that time when the, when the series stopped, it was because Chautauqua went to eight-man football first. And so Oswego and Chautauqua didn't play each other for quite a stretch there. Um, and matter of fact, I think Oswego went to eight man for a couple of years, maybe in the late nineties and they played each other. Uh, but the, the bucket itself was cut in half and put on a plaque, uh, in each school. Uh, and okay. so, and then they put the scores from all the, from 1954 to it's either 88 or 89. They have all the scores uh, on a plaque underneath there. So then when I came, uh, to Oswego in 2018, uh, that was the first year that Oswego went to eight man, uh, for, you know, to stay. And, uh, so our first game was against Chautauqua. And so we, you know, we had the big bloody bucket rivalry being renewed on that. So it was a heck of a first game to get into. Uh, and so we played, uh, we played the first three years I was here. We, we played them those three years to open the season. We won all three times. Uh, and we actually, our shop class made a new bucket to pass around as a traveling trophy kind of thing. But then Unfortunately, last year they had some kids, uh, you know, COVID and other reasons. Anyways, mm-hmm. they had some, they battled some low numbers and they had to forfeit the first game to us last year. And then this year they dropped down into six man because they've just struggled for numbers. And so, you know, that's the the story of the bloody bucket. But like I said, it's a great rivalry. Unfortunately, we don't still play each other in football uh, for the bloody bucket until maybe they, you know, maybe have some enrollment come up and maybe can play us again would be good well i am definitely going to treasure this story matter of fact when i do my best of this is going to be in my best of files because i know a lot of people probably don't know about the bloody bucket and then there may be some that actually once you uh share this uh link with people they may say hey you know what i forgot about that but i remember the bloody bucket now so not only are you a, a football people, coach. A lot of people around here remember that. A lot right. of people around here remember, you know, it's kind of folklore type stuff, you know. I'm just kind of quoting it secondhand off of what I've heard from around here. Right. So now not only are you a football coach and a mentor, now you are also the historian on the rivalry of the bloody book. <laughs> well, I don't believe I'm the historian, but I know a few around right. here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, Coach, I do want to thank you for your time at the last minute. Next time I'll be a little bit more organized, a little bit more prepared. I just did this at the last minute because I had a strange Saturday. I was supposed to go see my grandsons play football. My grandsons, you know. So I went and got my hair cut. So I went out on South Meridian, and I'm like, this is a Walmart. Something tells me I'm in the wrong direction. So I look at the message that my daughter sent me, and I was supposed to be South Meridian. Well, when I made out there, I seen Campus High School. I seen a field, but the sprinklers on. So I'm thinking, okay, either I missed the game or maybe they didn't play the game because of the threat of rain. But be that as it may, I've been running around and running around. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this podcast today. I'm going to see if I can catch Coach Fowler. And next time I have a better, you know, planned out. But I do want to thank you once again for last minute joining me on the A Train Sports Talk podcast, bringing us up to the breast. And I'm going to take a break right here. I'm going to let you get back to your Saturday. And when I come back from my break, I'm going to go ahead and read off all the scores from eight-man and six-man. But once again, Coach, thank you for being available. Always appreciate you, Anthony. All right. You have a good one. You too. Awesome. And once again, that was my good friend and my guest on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Coach Matt Fowler has to be an honorable man to be able to catch up with him last second. So I am very grateful for him. Yes, that's right. He is. Awesome. Very awesome, man. So what we're going to do right here, we're going to go ahead and take this break here. And when I come back, we're going to go ahead and give you the eight-man scores and the six-man scores as well. So Stay tuned. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and your conductor. Number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, Anthony Smith. listen to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. If you would like to have your ad or sponsor a segment on here, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or you can simply email me. That's talk at gmail.com. That's talk at gmail.com. Once again, it's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith.
is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! Special guest, special thanks to my guest, Matt Fowler, head coach up there in Oswego, and he has a team off to a 2-0 start, so this far, we have to say congratulations once again, thanks to coach for coming on at the last going to do is we're going to go ahead and give you the rundown of eight-man division one, division two, and six-man because six-man has expanded because as you heard Coach Fowler say in the interview that some of the schools have dropped down now even to six-man because of, well, attendance and not enough bodies. So hopefully those schools that had to drop down can build back up. So what we have here is a team that he did talk about, Colony Press. You heard him talk about that school. They played them this coming up Friday. Uh, however, they took one on the chin to Chase County. This is eight-man Division II scores. Chase County knocked off Colony Crest, which will be playing against Oswego next Friday. This coming up next Friday. They lost that game by the score of 70-54. to In what would be considered low-scoring in eight-man football, St. John's Tipton knocked St. John's Tipton knocked off Sylvan Lucas by a score of 20 to 18. Lakeside cruised past Wilson 34 to 12. Victoria steamrolled Lacrosse 60 to 14. And Oswego, we talked to their head coach Matt Fowler. They knocked off St. Paul 52-44. And the school that they played just last week, I do believe and was involved in the highest scoring game in high school football a year ago. Marmotton Valley cruised past Yates Center, 60-14. to 14. Lynn knocked off Logan Palco, 66-20. Dighton cruised past Atwood Rollins County, 38-12. Mead Blank Hodgman County, 48-0. No score on Quintner and St. Francis. Stafford cruised past Pratt Skyline, 46-24. Satanta eats by South Gray in what could be also considered a low-scoring affair, 28-22. Kinsley cruised past Otis Bison, 46-0. Maxville beat Central Plains, 42-12. to 
Buckland Blink, Kiowa County, 62-0. Pike Valley beat Lincoln, 30-14. Kyer Carabelle Latin beat Donovan West, 56-8. Axtell Blink, Hartford, 54-0. South Barber Blink, Prairie, Pretty Prairie, 46-0. Wallace County knocked off Decatur Community, 48-6. Mineola. Cruz passed Spearville, 40-20. In what was even a lower-scoring game, Nest City beat St. John Hudson, 12-8. And rounding out the eight-man, Central Christian loses to Sunrise Christian, 54-36. That was eight-man division, two. Somehow, I think I missed eight-man division one, and yes, I did, so I'm going to give you eight-man division one. I'm going backwards. Hoaxie, no problem with Wheatland Grinnell, 55-0. Hill City, Steamroad, Trago Community, 62-14. Osborne knocks off Stockton, 54-0. Sedan cruises past Udall, 56-6. West Elk, 64. Oxford, 16. Attica, Argonia beat Cedarville, Dexter, 45-0. South Sumner knocked off Norwich, 54-6. Madison blanks Marius Des Singas Valley, 52-0. Solomon cruises past Wakefield, 50-16. Lyndon blanks Harrington, 48-0. El Saline cruises past Hanover, 50-14. Independent steam rolls over Fairfield, 54-6. South Central, 32. Sublette, 26. Wichita County, 56. Elkhart, 6. Thunder Ridge laid the thunder down on Rock Hill, 54-8. Burden Central blinks Flint Hills, 46-0. Mound Ridge cruises past Bennington, 30-14. Burlingame, no problem with Lebo, 54-6. Clinton Clyde blanks Blue Valley Randolph, 48-0. No score on Kansas City East Christian Academy versus Maranatha Academy. Washington County cruises past Frankfort, 52-30. Little River, 57. Rural Vista, 6. And rounding out 8-man Division 1, Kenton Galva beats Gossel, 48-0. Now what we're going to do is go ahead and go on to 6-man as six-man seems to have expanded because some teams had to drop down because of attendance or enrollment and the numbers. So here we go with six-man. Tescott eats past Northern Valley, 25-24. Ingles over Triplanes Brewster, 41-28. Eats Colorado brought their eight-man show to Tribune, where they were playing host to Tribune. And they were a very ungracious host, beating them 52 to 7. Pawnee City, Nebraska gets by Wetmore, 65 to 20. Peabody Burns has no problem with Chautauqua, beating them 54 to 6. Century knocks off South Coffee County, 52 to 7. Pawnee Heights and Chase were in a high scoring affair. Pawnee Heights coming out with the win, 81 to 60. Deerfield 
Cruisers pass West Plains 59 to 12. Southern Cloud takes it on the chin as Burton beats them 74 to 50. Waverly cruises past Altoona Midway 51 to 6. Cunningham blanks Natoma 47 to 0. Bird City Chelan blanks Weskin 60 to 0. Ashland has no problem defeating Golden Plains by the score of 56 to 6. So there you have the Saturday sports page, the Saturday high school sports page here on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Hope you have enjoyed the the scoring updates that I bring you, as well as the Coach's Corner. Once again, special guest, Matt Fowler. Well, that is going to do it for the Saturday high school sports page with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. I will be doing the same thing again next Saturday. Hopefully, we will get some coaches lined up. And we look forward to having another good time next Saturday. So tune in again during the week as I will be doing the high, uh, college football top 25. And then we'll be rounding out with the Monday football recap. We know that the Bills and the Rams got things kicked off this past Thursday. Sunday is going to be a full slate. Monday, there will be games. So I will probably be back on Tuesday to bring you all the scores, hopefully some highlights from the NFL action. So it is going to be a lot going on. Also, we're in football season once again, so you can plan on the return of the halftime show, which features snippets from bands from HBCU schools that you, the listener, can vote on who has the best sounding band but until the next time take care of yourself and each other have a blessed weekend enjoy the rest of it i'm your host conductor the a train sports talk podcast anthony smith saying see you later